Steve here from Crossover and Clap Boys, back like we never left. This episode, Nathan and I welcome a very special guest, Cass, to come on and talk about the Indiana Pacers. Enjoy. All right, Crossover Clap Boys, Steve here. Nathan is here as well. Nathan, say something to the people. Uh, let's pace this, uh, this podcast a little bit slower this time. Just pace it a little bit slower, that's all. Good point. Wordplay. Dad jokes here for it. Uh, we have a repeat, a, a return guest, long awaited, never duplicated. Cass, what's going on? Hello, thank you for having me back. For for the record, we're talking about the Pacers today. I don't know if you could tell by Nathan's excellent Pacer pun. Um, Cass has on a, a Indiana jersey. <laughs> it's a non-visual podcast, but she showed up prepared and ready to hype her team up. So it's a uh, it's good to see Reggie Miller, uh, Reggie Miller represented here today. <laughs> As she gave you the choke sign. Yeah, she gave the choke Spike Lee over there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, uh, last time we had Cass on, I think we spoke specifically about Kyle Lowry. Uh, today, obviously, we're going to talk about your favorite team, the Pacers. How did you become a Pacers <laughs> fan? Because it's such a weird journey to be a Pacers fan. <laughs> If you're not from Indiana. I I do get asked that a lot, actually. So I started really watching NBA in the 90s and became infatuated with MJ. And then watching MJ, start watching who he's matched up against Mm -hmm. and started getting familiar with Reggie and just fell in love. (laughs) And then Pacers fan ever since. So so MJ was lost. MJ was lost. and, And Reggie was love, was true love. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Got to hold on to love a little longer. That's all. <laughs> what, what was it about? Not a Reggie? lot to grab onto, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just skin and bones. <laughs> yeah. What What was it about Reggie Miller that just that that drew you to to his style of play, to him as a player? Uh, well, he's fast, so I like watching him run around and get open, and then just a just a killer, right? Just Ice in the veins, end in games, nothing affects him, trash talk, can shoot from anywhere on the court, all that. Yeah, Reggie's, Reggie's one of the, the greatest in that regard. I heard you pattern your game after him with the, the quick movements on the court, <laughs> <and> the <laughs> running around screens, being active. I need to get more screens, that's what I need. <laughs> Nathan, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm yelling. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, so I know you. I know you listen to the podcast. We had a hotly debated topic: Reggie Miller versus Clay Thompson. I'm going to guess that you know you're going to put your bias aside and to say the truth that Clay Thompson was the better overall player. No, listen. <laughs> I I'm a big Warriors fan. I love the Warriors. I think Clay is great. But this is a silly comparison, right? <laughs> Number two all time three pointers, Mr. Clutch, best guy in his team. Not not a comparison. I've never seen Clay do that stuff. He's always second fiddle to the man. <laughs> or fourth fiddle. To yeah, or, yeah, right. <laughs> and if you want to say, okay, well, maybe he's not as good of an offensive player as Reggie. He's a great defensive player. He's not even the best defensive player on his team. Wow. <laughs> She's coming with facts today. And, that, and that's truth. Right there, that's truth. <laughs> it is true. That's very true. He's not the best defensive player on the team. Yeah. Like uh, when Jordan won his, his defensive player of the year award and he had Pippen on his team. Okay. That's nice. Let's give him the consolation prize. That's great. Yeah. Let's just give defense. Let's give defensive player of the year awards to everybody. You get one. You get one. You get one. Uh-huh. Ask Cass about Gobert getting three. <laughs> Oh, I can't. I can't talk about Gobert and Defensive Player of the Year anymore. What are you not a go? Well, I, I'm out of the loop. I don't get this reference. Are you not well, a Gobert fan? Last year in the playoffs, they had to sit him because he was a liability on defense. I'm like, this guy's the Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> That's crazy. <sighs> I guess being like eight feet tall and standing under the basket means you're the best defensive player. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't actually. 
I mean, he's anyway, we're, he's a defensive anchor, but yeah, it's not a good look when you're the defense, like you're the three time defensive player of the year and you can't guard uh, Terrence Mann. <laughs> you know, not great. <laughs> not great. So, what well, before we get into other topics and go on the rants, tell me about you've obviously been following the Pacers since the 90s. What's what's some what's your favorite moment in regards of the Pacers? What, what comes to mind? Well, the easiest one, of course, is the eight points in 8.9 seconds mm-hmm. um, it's a bum team too so that's good <laughs> <laughs> it's just iconic of course right at the end of the game then I also love the the choke game obviously when he scored uh like 25 points in the fourth quarter or something like that those are those are the probably the top moments but I would like to give an honorable mention to Lance Stevenson blowing a kiss to LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> I one of probably one of the most iconic Pacers moments of all time was was him blowing a little something in his ear there. Yeah. Uh, Lance Stevenson has to fall in like top ten iconic Pacers players of all time, like. And, and Lance is one of a kind. And honestly, you guys have had characters like and like you could you've had obviously Lance Stevenson. You've had uh, Jermaine O'Neal was a little bit character. Obviously, Ron Artest, uh, you know, so you you guys have had people that are like interesting. But Lance might top the list in that regard. <laughs> he's super interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I think he's in the G League. I'm waiting for him to come back. Yeah, so is he. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw I saw Lance play uh, quite a, a couple times in high school uh, back in New York, and it's just like he's he's basically been that guy from simply he's like 15, 16 years old, which is oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah, I know he's a uh, he's an experience <laughs> for sure, for sure. So so if we go with kind of your your best moment, and obviously you just name moments that just happened in the Garden <laughs> for for the most part, MSG. What what are some of your least favorite moments that that happened? um losing in the finals (laughs) for sure losing in the eastern conference finals any of those moments would fit in for that um i'm conflicted about malice in the palace because obviously that was kind of exciting and interesting part of history but not great and then that season didn't end well so that was kind of not the best yeah, we had we had a um a Pistons fan on. Was it Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Paul on, and he was talking about he was a Pistons. He is a Pistons fan. He's talking about Malice at the Palace. So I guess we'll talk about it a little bit from your perspective, which was the opposite. But you guys were probably gonna, you guys were favored to win it all that year, right? And then this happens, and then Ron Artest gets suspended, and and Jermaine on the leg, basically all your key players, right? And <laughs> the season's done. Um, did did you? When the mouse, when the mouse at the palace happened, I guess I mean, were you just like, where, what side of the fence were you on? Because like I watched that documentary on Netflix, and like some people were super embarrassed, some people were like, oh, they're getting an unfair shake. Like, do you remember? Can we take you back to that moment? And, and do you remember kind of how you felt? I, I, it felt like it was unfair, but I also I was conflicted, right? Because obviously, you know, Ron Artest, that was a huge overreaction to go into the stands, but I try not to, I try not to get on Ron Artest too much because I think there are a lot of other issues there. So it's hard to criticize too much. Right. Um, But yeah, it's just, it was just disappointing. Right. And Mm -hmm. and now, I mean, we're so fans cannot act like this now. Right. You'd be in huge trouble. Yeah. I do think the the fan trying to start a fight with Jermaine O'Neal is pretty funny. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it, it's like a, a punch coming from like the ceiling down yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he had to like do a lunge just to punch this guy because he's so much bigger <laughs> yeah it's literally like a punch from uh, a giant coming down yeah. on you man yeah it's it, it's weird and in what world in in your right that fan must have been out of his mind to be like i'm going to approach a seven foot man with limbs the size of a mansion challenge him to a fight but here he was on the court yeah you know looking like turtle from entourage and being like oh yeah i'm I'm good i'm ready to fight (laughs) i I don't blame o'neill for 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 that reaction like that seems reasonable right (laughs) was it it jermaine that had the punch when the guy came down to the 
to go throw a punch at him was Ron Artest or was it Jermaine O'Neal? Where he came onto the court to go like square off with him and then realized that the guy is an NBA player and six whatever. Was who was that? Which player was that? I can't remember. At the end. I think it was. It might have been Artest. I think it was Artest. No, I think it was Artest where he was like, yeah. and then you make eye contact with Ron Artest and that's yeah. not a place you want to be. No, <laughs> nobody should ever be there. <laughs> but it was really scary at the end when they were trying to get off the court and like more fans were coming down and, you know, it's just a few guys and some bad security guards and then all of these fans, like that yeah. must have been scary. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Nothing, nothing stops a riot like uh, 65 year old security guards with no weapons. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Uh, all right. So we, we spoke about your favorite player, which I'm assuming is Reggie Miller from the Pacers. Mm-hmm. I want to talk for a minute about your least favorite player. Like I'm a Warriors fan. My least favorite player of all time. Nathan knows this. Michael Dunleavy Jr whose name doesn't have to be said. <laughs> so I have very sharp emotional memories of, about times that I've hated watching him play. Who, who's, somebody, who's someone that you're just like, ugh, when can we trade this guy from the team? Yes, if you say Dunleavy too, I'm ending this podcast. <laughs> this, this is the chance. This is the chance. Dunleavy. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I have a least favorite. I, I would say right now I'm not like I'm not a huge fan of Wanamaker. <laughs> oh, that's one of my other least favorite warriors. <laughs> oh, really? he's, not, he's not great. I don't hopefully you're gonna throw him on one of these trades coming up, but no, I don't really have one that I that I really dislike. Hmm. I have a soft spot in my heart for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> a real fan <laughs> and that's how that's how bad Wanamaker is is that somebody that doesn't have a least favorite player in the history of their of their favorite franchise his name is evoked and I'm, I pulled all my hair out last year I had locks I pulled them all out and I just basically cut them off because I had to watch them they fell out because I had to watch this dude play <laughs> basketball for my favorite team 82 games all right um we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the current Indiana Pacers and kind of get your thoughts on where they are, how you're feeling. Is a season of waste? What are we going to do? Okay. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Back with Cass, back with Nathan. Um, Nathan, who's your favorite Pacers player of all time? Obviously, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Oh, Runner-up, most improved player in the league, the Granger. <laughs> He's the most important player. Had a great run in Indiana, only to get skyrocketed his career to be a starter on the Bulls with uh, Derrick Rose and and uh, Jimmy Butler and Joe Kim Noah. I mean, honestly, it was it was a good after being on such a horrible franchise, the Warriors, and then being able to get traded to Indiana. He was able to have actually make a career out of himself. So. Luckily, he left the Warriors, which was positive for, for all him. parties, all yeah. parties, <laughs> not just Dunleavy, all of us. I, I don't recall. I don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Okay, I want I want to see you make a choice because you didn't pick Reggie Miller, which means Clay Thompson's a better player. Just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is this is. This person's favorite pacer is Dunleavy, and this is who you're using as like support for your argument. <laughs> Some people come with facts, I just come with drama. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. It. So the, the pacers currently are, are 12 and 16, squarely in 13th place in the East. Um, I don't think either one of us picked the Pacers to make the playoffs uh, in, in our preseason preview. But Cass, how, how are you feeling about the Pacers currently? What, what, what are your expectations for them? Uh, it's a it's a bit of a disappointment to start the season, obviously. Um, I mean, I don't think I didn't think that they were going to be, you know, top five team, but uh, I definitely in the mix. Um, just based on the lineup that they have is it's good player after good player after good player after good player. So I don't really know what's going on, but they did, they have won three in a row. So that's exciting. Um, their coach has COVID, I think. So, so maybe the assistant <laughs> nah, nah. coach is doing something. 
helping them out, but they are, even though their record's horrendous, their uh, points for and against, they're plus two. Mm. So a lot of the games that they lost, they've lost by like two or three points. So, so something strange is going on. And they're only like, I don't know, they're only one game back from New York and Toronto. Yeah. And then there may be like seven games back or something from Brooklyn. So, I mean, I, I definitely don't think they're going to fall to 14. It gets really bad after the Pacers. Listen, if you guys finish with a worse record than the Pacers and the Pistons, I'm sorry, the Pacers and the Magic, that's that's going to be a rough time. And we're going to have <laughs> Hubert come on the podcast and just laugh for 20 minutes. And, <laughs> and then we're going to have Yeah, it's not going to it's not going to happen. Okay. They're going to go on a win streak here. They're going to keep going. It's, you know, uh, Miles Turner sounded off recently about being treated as a, a glorified role player, which he's unhappy about. But then I think he played really well after that. So maybe this is like a kick in the butt for everybody. We'll get going, get hot. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Go ahead, Nathan. Yeah. I have a question for you then, Stephen Cast. Is Carlisle top five coach still, or is he mailed it in? I'm trying to I'm trying to look through the list, right? I mean, top five. I don't think he's quite top five. I'll probably have him somewhere between six and ten. And I'm a Carlisle guy, but he missed the playoffs a lot with the Mavericks. Um, he's most likely. I think I think the Pacers can get to that play-in status, and then who knows what'll happen there. But in my opinion, it's most likely they're going to miss the playoffs this year too, just like last year. So I don't know, man. That's a that's a lot of years where you don't make it out of the first round or you don't make it in the playoffs. And there's a lot of good coaches in the league now, right? Like you got Spo, you got Popovich still there, you got Kerr, you got Ty Lue, you got Nick Nurse. Hey, you got... Oh, <laughs> don't, don't slide Ty Lue in there. Oh, you didn't even say anything about Nick Nurse. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got, you hit me with Lou Hurts more. And Nick Nurse is right there with the Pacers. They both have 12 wins on the season. So they're only one game behind or one game ahead of the Pacers. So, And Tibbs is right there. And he's actually one of the best coaches in the league. I still think Tibbs yeah. is amazing. Yeah, so. I, I just think I just think there's a lot of I honestly think there's a, just as like just like there's a lot of great players or very very good players in the league right now. I think there's a lot of great coaches or very good coaches in the league. Like we have a lot of B plus or better coaches in the, in the NBA right now, and it's like a renaissance. So Carlisle's still in that category, but I, I think like you said, Tibbs Tibbs is on here, and and you know there's just a lot of a lot of people. But I'm interested to cast. Do you think you got a top five coach right now? I don't think so. I, I, I'm a Carlisle fan, just like you're saying in the past, he's, he's been a great coach, but he wasn't great in Dallas. And so far uh, he hasn't been doing, I, I think Bjorgren did a better job with the Pacers last year and that was a complete disaster. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not where I feel like something's there's something is a little off and I don't know what it is, but I think they have the talent to win, especially these games they've lost by two or three points. Like they have the talent to do it. So I don't know. I don't know what the missing piece is. So I think he's kind of fallen out of that spot for me. Yeah. It, it's funny because like I look at the Pacers roster and we spoke about this a little bit in the, in the preseason preview. I like their players. Like they have a lot of guys on their team that I like, like Brogdon, Sabonis, Miles Turner's good, Levert's a good scorer, TJ Warren coming off the bench is like, not bad, right? Like TJ McConnell, he can have a role on a winning team. Um, so they have a lot of guys, and I don't know if it's a chemistry issue. I don't know if it's a, we just need a guy, like a top 20, 25 guy, which I don't, maybe Sabonis is in there, but I don't I don't think he's top 20. So I, I'm not sure kind of, it's kind of. Better than Embiid, so. So I'm not quite sure what to, <laughs> I'm not quite sure kind of what they do. Is, is there anybody like, if you look at this roster, because like if this was my favorite team, I'd be like, man, I love, I really like this team, but I want to trade two or three guys for one guy. Right. But is there anybody from this team where you're just like, I want to keep this guy. I want him to be with the pace for the next four or five years. Like he, he's a good piece, whether it's building or franchise or whatever. Um, well, I'd say Brogdon is the one you got, you got to keep Brogdon because he's great. He does all the things, right? He, yeah. he can create his own points. got a great shot. It's great passer. He sets up the offense. He's um, reasonably good on defense considering he's not the fastest guy out there. Um, I would say keep him. Um, you know, I think 
Sabonis is great too. Like that's their that's their all star. He's he's solid. He any game he comes out scores twenty points, ten rebounds. He's pretty consistent. Um, so if you were gonna trade him, I feel like you'd have to get a lot back to give that up. Um, those are kind of the main guys. It's it's hard to say. Like there's a lot of talk about you know obviously trading Turner. But it's something to think about with his shot blocking, right? If you don't get something like that in return, then how does that affect you defensively? So that's something to consider too. And, and you brought up Turner earlier in regards of, of him kind of sounding off and saying, hey, I'm, I don't want to be a glorified role player. I want to do more. I want to be more. I want to have a bigger impact. What, what do you think his ceiling is as, as a player? Um, like maybe a little bit higher than where he is. Mm-hmm. right he he can have a he can have a great game like he can put down 30 points right but it's not something he can do consistently and he's not a great passer he's not really great at you know creating off the dribble like he's you know I don't I don't see him as being the guy on the team like he's always going to be the second or third guy if you're on a good team if he, you know, if he's on Orlando or something like that, he could be the man, but not not on a good team. Nathan, this is the moment where you can make a joke about the Orlando Magic at Hubert's <laughs> expense. Fill in the blank. <laughs> I don't know why Miles Turner would join a high school team in Orlando. <laughs> Fulfilled. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting, uh, Nathan, and I want to hear your opinion too, kind of because we've spoken about the Pacers a little bit, and I think we both like guys on the Pacers team, right? Yeah. Do you kind of agree with what Cass is saying and think like Brogdon and Sabonis or Pillars, or, or do you kind of think they should be looking to, to move one of those guys? You know, who, who, who do you think, you know, kind of, kind of where do you see this roster in terms of, of the players there? I think like with Miles Turner, had, I think it was three years ago before he got hurt, he was blocking everything. He was in, he was one of the defensive players of the year candidates on the, he was also like scoring quite a bit and he was a really great player for the team. Um, so bonus and him allow them to be a stretch five or have two guys inside. There's a lot of flexibility. And I think this team has been plagued with injuries and trying to get things going for so long. Like even Indiana makes the holiday brothers look decent years ago or whatever. It was a year ago. I think they have one. I don't know if they have both. I don't know if Aaron holiday still there, but he's not, um, but they had him. Yeah. They had both holiday brothers look like they were actual basketball players. Which is like making both Fontacupo brothers look like actual basketball players when you're besides Giannis, right? Mm-hmm. So um I, I it's always fascinating to me to watch like like I they're throwing in the towel and it's like 20, what is it, 25 games in the season, 28 games in the season, they're like hitting the panic button. Just let it ride for a bit. I mean, they're 12 and 16, they're only four games below. Like Cass said, they're they're seven games away from Brooklyn. So they're not like the East is much more competitive than the West is right now. And like Celtics are down there. Raptors are down there. Knicks are down there. If you want to talk about hitting the panic button, let's fire Nerys and let's get a reset on the Raptors. That's who should be getting the panic button, Oof. not Pacers. Oof. And I, I, I think there's just so many good pieces. And even looking at the contracts, as Steve and I are going to do the, the trades with Cass because she loves them so much. Like their contracts are great. Like 20 million for Sabonis for the next three years you know, fit like 20 million for, for Turner. Like there's nobody sitting at 30 million range. that's going to be like hard to get rid of. Like they don't have any Kyrie's or Westbrook's or bums like that. They can't get rid of their contract. They have good contracts with good players and a good coach. Just give them some time. And, and I just, I'm, I, I think I had them preseason making the, the play in games. I mean, obviously, I had them above Atlanta and Philly because I have everyone above those two teams every time. But I think Indiana is going to be better and better. <laughs> Just give them, give them some, give them some time. They're not that bad. And like I said, they've won three in a row, and I'm and they're not far off. I mean, they have a few more losses than than a few teams that played a few other games. But if their schedule gets a little bit easier, get a little few less games, a few less back to backs, and Carlisle figures out what he has with his team. I, I have a little hope. I still do. It's interesting. I I, I disagree. I mean, I, I view them a little bit like how we view the, the Blazers in the West. I feel like the Blazers have done as good as they're, they're going to do with that roster. And it's stale. And they're only getting older. And they need to kind of 
not shake it up, but they need to make a move, right? I, I feel the same way with the Pacers, who's had who have had less success than, than that team in Portland. Um, you know, and kind of what Cass was saying, right? The chemistry is a little off, like something just isn't right. Like, the, you know, the, the pieces, the parts just don't work that well together. They're good. I think they're always going to be good enough to like be a borderline playoff team. Well, like at least for the next two, three years, if they keep this team, but they can't just depend on, on like drafting really well in between 13 and 16 every year, like they did this year, we're getting Chris Duarte. Right. So this is going to lead to us going with our fake trades, which Cass asked for specifically. Can I, can I just say something? Yeah. I, I like the comparison with Portland because they are in that sort of like low playoff range all the time consistently, but they're not a contender. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think the difference is, is that it's the depth of the team, right? So Portland is Dame and then they got a bunch of bums, right? Whereas (laughs) Indiana doesn't have a superstar. There's no superstar there, but they have a whole bunch of really good players. So it's a different kind of scenario, right? So if I was Portland, I'd, I'd blow it up for sure. I would, because I just, I'm sick of seeing them in the eighth seat or whatever and just relying on Dame who's not even playing well this year but this is different like I feel like you could make some small adjustments to get better yeah but additionally like it's they're they're not gonna just attract a superstar right like Kawhi Leonard's not gonna say hey I'm gonna go to Indianapolis like that's not that's never gonna happen Mm -hmm. so the only way that they can get there is by making trades or getting good draft picks like yeah and if you blow up the team then and what you have a good draft pick then you're detroit that's not any better you know no i i agree right and and i don't think when (laughs) when we say blow it up or break them up that doesn't mean you got to trace a bonus and turner and brogdon right like but you can trade one of those guys right and and kind of see what you can get i'll I'll try to get a little younger and try to hit a home run on a younger guy and or draft picks let me ask something about about the portland situation real quick since since we kind of brought it up a bit if, if you were in charge in Portland, would you be looking to trade Dame or would you be looking to trade those quote unquote bum pieces as you described? Well, initially, yeah, I would trade Dame. Initially, I was thinking try to trade McCollum and some other pieces and see if you can get somebody good beside him. But um, isn't McCollum has like a collapsed lung or something right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's necessarily on the table. Um, so with him being out and Dame not playing well, I would trade Dame. And go ahead, Nathan. Indiana, Indiana plays defense, which Portland has never played defense. <laughs> and so you're you're in the you have Damian Lillard, like Cass said, you have you have an all-star who's getting $40 million a year and whatever it is, and you got and you got like very hard pieces to get rid of guys that don't play defense when you're relying on Nurkic to be the anchor of your defensive backbone, right? Rough. Which is, he's bad. Rough. He's bad. He's, he's a monster of a man, but he's a bad defender. And there's a reason we left him and like we took, got rid of him in Denver, right? Mm-hmm. And they need defenders. They need, and, and so like, I don't even think you trade Turner or, or Sabonis or Brogdon, any of those three. I think you just find other pieces of players that are not getting played a lot and find these small contract guys because someone's going to click. TJ McConnell clicks in there, right? Like these guys like the Dougie McDermott clicked when he was in there. He was doing well. Like there's guys like that that are just going to click in those in that team because they're going to get opportunities because they think the way the places play, they do play it correctly. And you're going to be able to have like some success. And that's what I think they need to do. But getting well, so, rid of one of their major players is not a good idea. Yeah. So, so let me interject here really quickly. If, if their main, if the, if the pillars of the foundation for their team, the best three players are uh, Brogdon, Turner, and uh, Sabonis, how good of a team is that? Like, how far are they going? Honestly, in the East, they can make the Eastern Finals. The Eastern Finals. So yeah. they're beat. So they're beating the Bucks, the Nets, the Heat. One of those teams. Well, if the Bucks and the Nets get each other in the semifinals, it's it's a possibility they get one of them. But nobody else. The Heat. They could maybe they could beat the Heat. Maybe. Carlisle's a good coach. It's a good deep team. Miami's really well. I don't know. There's a potential if they got an extra piece. I just okay. think it's not. They're not that far away. Like and and looking at their 
like they have a lot of enticing pieces to trade that are like in that 12 to 20, 10 to 20 million dollar range. You could get some good players and and not have to blow it up. I don't think they're a bad, it's not a bad, it's not like you have. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. They need, they need some three-point shooting. They do. And Craig and Lamb haven't played very well for them, but I still feel like those are decent pieces and maybe they could trade both of them and get somebody that could shoot some threes. I don't want to trade Tory Craig, but I could definitely like them trade. <laughs> yeah. I love Tory Craig. Tory Craig is not going to be in any of my fake trades. Yeah. <laughs> oh I man, Tory Craig so much. <laughs> well, and, and Cass, let me ask you the same question really quickly then too, right? Like, if those three guys, you know, Brogdon, Turner, Sabonis, are your main three guys, like, how far do you see them going? Like, do you see? Do you think that's a finals team? Do you think that's the Eastern Conference finals team? Uh, I agree, with Nathan. I don't. I don't see them beating the Bucks. I think the Nets are question mark I don't I don't really know right um if, I feel like the Nets if you figure out a way to play against them you can beat them um and uh yeah the heat I don't I don't like the heat so I think they can beat the heat <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Lowry will hurt his thumb and then wow easy peasy Jeez. yeah Jeez. so much anger all right we'll, we'll just send this link to Lowry his personal <laughs> no i like him that's what i'm saying if he was playing they're yeah. harder to beat but without him oh that's interesting i mean i guess this this is why sports is, is interesting right like because on like on paper right you can say on paper no way right but like there's people like you two think that they can be an eastern conference finals team i think there's no way that they can be an eastern conference finals team right like with this with this team with this with those guys as your main three guys but I mean, you never know, right? I mean, they might make it into the playoffs this year, get a favorable first-round matchup, and then, like, you know, who knows, right? The Hawks kind of did something similar to that last year, and they got the, they got the ball rolling, and now, you know, they're going to be a, a team that's to look out for for the next two, three years, right? So you never know. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawks aren't very intimidating this year. Oh, I don't know. I disagree, man. I, I'm still holding on to my Hawks stock, man. I think the Hawks are going to finish top six and, oh, and, and be in there. And listen, I think the Hawks are really good. Uh, Can we talk about, you want to talk about one player in bums? The Hawks are the, are the one player in bums. That's what it is right over there. <laughs> listen, <laughs> that, that one player is the second best point guard in the league, man. Oh my goodness! All right, we can do a Hawks bashing another time. <laughs> we, if you're a Hawks fan, let us know, man. I need somebody to come on here and, and talk positively about Trey Young, because uh, that I can man. Talk, I can talk. Trey Young is a great player. He's not that great of a player. It's like your Embiid inflation. Who, who's who's the second best point guard in the league? Doncic, Curry, Dame. Curry, Curry's. How's Curry's second best point guard in the league? You no, know I'm saying he's like like better than <laughs> better than Trey. Mm, okay. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Curry's better than Trey. Yeah, I'm saying all these guys are better than Trey. Uh, are we sure Luca's better than Trey? Yeah, we are. Red Van Bleet. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. So we, we, we have some big trades here. We're going to get right into it. Uh, Nathan, do you have one? Got you three. Ready to go? We got three for Cass. All right. Just to stay on. Uh, the Portland CJ McCollum comes to you from Miles Turner and TJ Warren. Cass is shaking her head. No, 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 no. You don't I, don't, I don't know what's going on with CJ. I'm not trading for him. Okay. Which is fair. Health-wise. Okay. Which is totally, fair. It's totally if, fair. Even if he was healthy though, I, I don't think that's a great trade because Turner's so valuable. And I, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Warren's big question mark though because I don't know when he's coming back and I don't know how he's coming back if he comes back as bubble goat <laughs> then, then I'm keeping him <laughs> yeah then he's then he's the second best point guard in the league <laughs> you're right like that. I think as Portland though you take the trade because you got Miles Turner that actually can play defense and you're taking a gamble on TJ Warren I think you you take that trade and try to have a backbone on the defensive end. No, I, Dane be Dane. I would definitely shop around. It would be something if I was the Portland GM, who I don't they they just fired Olshea, so I don't know who the GM is now. Um, I would definitely be interested for sure because I would be interested in, in CJ for Turner, uh, but I would be looking to flip Nurkic too because I don't think those two guys can play together. Yeah, 
So oh, yeah, like a, a three-way. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be trying to do something like that. The Lakers will take Nurkic. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> we uh, next trade up here. GM from Sacramento calls. Oh my god. Sacramento <laughs> Kings says, uh, "Listen, we really love Brogdon. We really love Turner, and uh, we want to trade uh, Buddy Hield and De'Aaron Fox to you." Oh. Um, oh, and I'm sorry. And you have to give Jeremy Lamb up too. Sorry, he's basically okay. salary cap filler. But okay. it, but it's basically Brogdon and Turner for Fox and Buddy Hield. All she's thinking. Uh, I I'm gonna say n- no, but it's interesting, and I certainly didn't even think about Sacramento when I thought about this podcast. Join the club. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting, but I just don't think. Uh, Heald and Fox will go well with Sabonis. Mm, really? Yeah, I don't see them in like as good like pick and roll. I don't. Yeah, I think Brogdon's a much better match for Sabonis. And Nathan, if you were the GM of the Kings, no, I disagree. I I like Sabonis as a stretch four or five player that can be outside. It's going to open up so many lanes for Fox instead of having Bagley block the key, but. I like Brogdon more than I like anyone else in this trade. Fair. And I would rather keep Brogdon than anybody that's being brought over. But I do like the De'Aaron Fox. I do. I, it's a fascinating trade because Sabonis, there's a lot of space to be had. Mm-hmm. And it can yeah. be a really up and down fun team to watch. Yeah, because you think about the spacing with the Pacers now, right? And it's, I think you used the word clogged earlier, uh, Cass. But with this, right, you get Buddy Hill, who's a premium shooter who's not going to be helped off of. You have Fox, who's fast. Sabonis can shoot, and he can handle the ball at the high elbow. You still have Karis LeVert, and you still, you know, so spacing would be interesting. But listen, if you can't part with Brogdon, you know, then it's, you can't part with him, right? Because he does a lot of other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. This one's borderline for me. Yeah. I said, I'm saying no, but like, yeah, I'm maybe convinced. (laughs) Maybe a draft pick. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nathan, you're up again. Uh, Boston calls you. Brad Stevens calls you. The, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, the god of basketball. Um, he would like Sabonis, Lavert, and Warren for Al Horford and Jalen Brown. No, sir. Mm-mm. No love for Jalen Brown? Uh, Sabonis and Levert and Warren, that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) Like Jalen Brown's great, but those are three really, those are three great players. So no. Steve? Uh, I don't think I would do that. Uh, It's it's, it's somewhat fair. It's basically like, we're going to fill out the team, right? And you have Marcus Smart, you have Sabonis, you have Tatum, obviously still, you have Levert probably coming off the bench, right? Like it's fair. Cause that's a lot of offense and that's a lot better roster balance for the Celtics. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm a Jalen guy. I mean, I would, I'd, I'd probably say no. I, I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'd be looking for something a little different if I'm trading Jalen. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say no as well. Okay. I think I just, I just want to say one thing about Levert. He started off pretty slow. Like he was injured and then he started off really slow, but the last little bit he's been playing really well. And I think he has a pretty high ceiling. He's got a lot of potential. I mean, he's got to stay on the court. That dude is that dude misses so many games, right? So he can never kind of gain traction for the season and put it put it all together for a full season. But I think he can be a 20 point a game scorer in this league easily. But he just has to, like I said, stay healthy, right? All right. This next trade, pretty simple. One for one. So bonus for OG Ananobi. Oh, chance. <laughs> <laughs> you said no. No, as a Raptors, yes. As a as a pacer, not a chance. All right. Well, let, let's let's hear Cass from the Pacers standpoint. <laughs> I like OG a lot, uh, obviously, as a Raptors fan, but I'm still gonna say no because I just think Sabonis is a little bit more consistent, better player, right? I think you flip Siakam around for somebody else if you got if they got Sabonis for OG, you're just bye-bye Siakam as fast as you can. 
I think got to Siak- trade in lieu with that. I think Siakam could play with them, right? And then you have uh, Scotty Barnes. I don't, I don't want him to play with them. Just get him out of here. Let's just get <laughs> I him think if I'm the Raptors, yeah, I've, I'm for sure going to say yes, because I feel like center is – because you could move Savonis to center, and center is a huge problem for the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. For the last couple of years. <laughs> so as a mm-hmm. Raptors fan, I'm going to say yes. But as a Pacers fan, I'm going to say no. <laughs> All right, Nathan, you have another quick one? Yeah. Uh, ben Simmons. <laughs> no. Lavert and Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> and I, I think it's interesting with the, the defensive mindset of Indiana getting another defensive mindset player. And they can be pretty big with Simmons, with Simmons, Brogdon, Turner, and Savonis. They'd be throwing some really unique defenses in, and I think it'd be like an interesting fit for Simmons. Um, <laughs> you don't like the maybe I'm gonna say maybe, but I need to have a sit down with Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a chat. I need to pull up my psychology chair. We need to have a little discussion about dedication. Because I don't know, like, is he? is he going to be happy to play for Indianapolis, right? He's going from Philly, which is a big team, big hopes, big, you know, move to Indianapolis. Is he going to like that? Or is he going to get upset and not want to play? Is he going to demand a trade? Like, I just, I don't have a lot of respect for that kind of play. So (laughs) it would be hard for me, but I think it's a good trade if, if he's going to play. Um, if I'm Philly, I, I mean, you know, I'm a Ben Simmons guy, right? But at this point, they have to trade him <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I like yeah. Levert, but I'd probably still say no to this. I, I would shop around a little bit more, which I'm sure Morey has done, Daryl Morey. But yeah. uh, I just feel like I can get a little better value than this. Like, I would even counter, like, instead of Lamb, I, I'd much prefer to have TJ, right? Like, I, I would – at the least i would try to i would try to negotiate a little bit more on this one i just feel a smaller market team right now for ben simmons might be i mean he did play for lsu as opposed to going to a big school mm-hmm. and maybe there's some comfort for him to not have so much pressure on him agreed and 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 a team that's willing to play defense around him and not have him be just eat hamburgers and fall asleep and get hurt so there's less pressure on him in that way too and i just think i don't know i think it'd be really it'd be a really fun defense you could do a lot of different zones yeah presses things like that indiana could be a pretty interesting team with simmons agreed I, I think simmons should be a raptor play beside the backcourt fan fleet that would be the most exciting for simmons so fair enough okay yeah the, that's Raptor, I, the raptors don't have enough offense to have simmons on their team it's a fair point yeah. <laughs> but if van fleet's going to cover the point guard and simmons is running the point and can cover a two or a three i know that's kind of fascinating i get rid of Siakam sooner than later, but yeah, they're right. They need offense. Yeah, and then the Raptors could have everybody on the roster except for Van Vliet between 6'6 and 6'10 <laughs> and just, you know, be interchangeable, right? Like, there's some interesting – they could be a dynamic team, but yeah, I, I, I like the fit with the Pacers a little bit more if, if he was actually coming back in this this deal because I think Sabonis is a big that he would play well with. Yes, uh, me too. And Brogdon would be a, a good piece around him as well. He doesn't have to handle the point guard duties full-time, so yeah. – yeah. Okay. One last trade here. Uh, I have multiple trades here, but I'm going to go with this one. <laughs> I have to choose one. All right. So we're going to go Miles Turner, Karis LeVert for Porzingis, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and two picks. This is our first trade with picks. Oh, you and your picks. You can't do picks on the trade machine. Okay, Turner and Levert for Porzingis, Finney Smith, and Brunson, and two picks. Don't forget two first round picks. Two first Get round picks. First round picks. Get mm-hmm. out of here for the first round picks. <clears throat> yeah. um, Dallas has to trade Porzingis sooner or later, but they're already now worse than they were last year when they had Carlisle with Jason Kidd, who's an awful coach. And it's only a matter of time before kids done here in Dallas too. But when Luke has been out a few games here, of course, Ingus doesn't pick up the slack. So at least his trade value is high right now. Mm. I don't think anyone's falling for that. 
well, Cass, are you falling for it or? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm not, it's hard because I'm not, a, I'm not a unicorn fan and I'm not a Brunson fan. Uh, but I think it's a fair trade. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. I don't, I don't want to say <laughs> <laughs> if, okay. if Turner is really really unhappy and wants to be traded then I would do it but otherwise I would keep Turner yeah I would too okay yeah fair enough I mean I, I thought I think it would be interesting Porzingis and Sabonis it would be a little bit like Turner there except I think Sabonis is I mean I'm sorry I think Porzingis is a little better of a shooter a little better of an offensive player I think Turner's a better defensive player yeah yeah but anyway, all right, so we're good to go on that. Those are in the fake trades. Cass, you can breathe again. You don't have to ever worry about this again. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, do you have time for one last big question? Okay, so we're going to take another small break here, and then we'll come back, and then we'll have the last big question, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. Sounds good. All right. All right, back for the last time here. Back with Cass, back with Nathan. Uh, so one, one thing before we get to the last big question, look, doing the research for, uh, for this podcast here, for this episode on the Pacers, I noticed that in 2022, you guys will still be paying Monte Ellis. <laughs> He's still on the books. It seems like forever ago since Monte Ellis played basketball <laughs> in the NBA. <laughs> Cass, your reaction? <laughs> I'm in shock. <laughs> I, I had no idea the last question was going to be something to do with Monte Ellis. I, yeah, how long ago did he even play? What happened? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, Monte Ellis. I mean, that, that's not the last big question, but it's just a little note because Monte Ellis, um, it's been such a long time since he played basketball, right? Like, he, his last year was in 2017. Yeah. Like, nowadays, we kind of measure things by post-pandemic and pre-pandemic. But he was like pre, 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 whatever that was, right? Like <laughs> things weren't even invented yet. There was no metaverse. I don't know. People couldn't afford Teslas back in 2017. Listen, it's just another set, bad second round draft pick by the Golden State Warriors. That's what he is. Hey, man. <laughs> if, if, if that guy didn't get on that accident on the scooter <laughs> back in the day, he would have been. <laughs> anyway, okay. <laughs> Last big question. Sometimes we have it basketball related. This time we won't. Uh, so essentially it's a movie that you love, that you've seen multiple times that everyone you know hates. Because we all have these movies where we love them for whatever reason, whether it's nostalgia purposes, whether it's they, it resonates with us on some level, whether we just think it's cool and we've seen them two, three, seven times. But then we talk to somebody else and we try to share our enthusiasm and nobody likes them at all. Um, so do one of you guys have a movie that comes to mind with that? I think, I think Nathan might know what I'm going to say. <laughs> but I think he likes it too. Uh, it's Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> love, love, love that movie. And every time I bring it up, people are like, oh, I hate that movie. It's so stupid. <laughs> That's amazing. That was the, the vote for Pedro movie right yep. yeah and they had that dance movie. they had that dance scene or whatever yep <laughs> that movie was weird man yeah <laughs> it was that was a weird movie it that was, was like awesome a, that was a weird lead yeah. I, I can't remember that actor's name now john heater yeah <sighs> right off the right off the tongue with that okay cool yeah. um nathan what, what's a movie for you and if you don't have, and if you need to think of one, I have a movie that I, it's, in my, first it's in my top 10 movies of all time. I haven't met one person that loves it as much as I do. This movie was so good that it had to have two cruises in it. Vanilla Sky, starring Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz, Cameron uh -huh. Diaz, Jason Lee. I'm trying to think anybody else that was in it. That's a weird movie too. That is a weird movie. Oh, it's definitely That's, weird. Is that, is that the dream one? Is that where he like doesn't know if he's been dreaming? Or? Yes, yes. Yeah. It, it's a reality bending thriller. That's what you're calling it. Okay, okay. It's a top. I got 10, one. It's a top ten movie for me. But go Fair. ahead, Nathan. What do you What do you got? 
Um, never heard anyone like it except for me. Death to Smoochie. Love Death to Smoochie. It's got Robin Williams, Edward Norton, Danny DeVito, John, what's John Stewart or Leibowitz or whatever you want to call him now. Um, and it's a movie about a kid's television show that is completely corrupt from the inside out. And the, the whole children uh, television show franchise is completely like horrible. And it's, it's ridiculous, it's a dark comedy, but it makes me laugh so much. And I've never heard anyone ever like it, but it's a, it's a good movie. All right. What we're going to do is we're going to put maybe put this up on Instagram and we're going to have a poll. Like, do you like Napoleon Dynamite? And see if 99% of people say no. And then if you know there's 1%, you know that was cast that voted. <laughs> <laughs> same thing to Death to Smoochie and same thing to, um, to Vanilla Scott. I've never seen Death to Smoochie. Have you seen it, Cass? I don't know. It sounds familiar, but mm-hmm. I don't recall. It's Edward Norton's in a, in a rhino costume as Smoochie the Rhino, which is a, chill, a beloved children's actor. I think I've seen part of it. Yeah. So what that tells you it wasn't a big hit for me. <laughs> she, she never saw the other part. Yeah, that's fair. I love I, that's like a top 10 movie for me. I love that movie. Is it a comedy? It's a dark comedy. So it's like it's supposed to be funny, but not really funny. Like it's supposed mm. to be like it's just having all these under dark underlying layers, and then it's still funny and by accident. It's Robin Williams, ridiculous Robin Williams. And it's yeah, it's a good movie. I love it. I love it. Interesting. Okay. Well, three movies that no one likes except for us. So we're, we're going somewhere <laughs> with that. All right, Cass, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for having me. Go Pacers. <laughs> she said it. Go Pacers. Nathan, anything yeah. to say? Go out of the 13th seed. <laughs> please, please. Okay, real quick, real quick. Prediction. Do you actually think they're going to make the playoffs? Do you think they're going to make the play-in? Like, what's your play-in. quick, quick prediction? Play-in. Playing. playing and then lose like they did last year. Yeah. Well, it depends who they're playing. <laughs> they got a chance. They got a chance. All right. We'll end on that note. Thanks to the game cast. Uh, Clay's still better than Reggie. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, that's it. Another episode in the books. Thanks for coming out. Subscribe tonight.